Well, as always, it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to come and share the Word of God with you all um, this morning. I am so excited because not only do I get to preach, but my mom is here as well, visiting from out of town. And she promised me that she would, she would leave if I told any stories about her this morning. So I only have about four or five that I want to share. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, it's always great when you get to come before and share the Word of God. It's always, always nerve-wracking as well because... What you say makes a difference, and what you preach, you're held accountable for what you preach, Scripture says. So my goal is always to share the wisdom of God from Scripture, and then maybe be able to add something a little bit more for our own hearts and minds this morning. But today's Scripture, I really wanted to look into. I've been trying to get uh, majors and everybody to do um, Genesis as a Bible study. But he said that would take like three years. So, uh, <laughs> so probably not going to happen. But I love, I love to share God's word. They're trying to tell me something about a mic down there. Oh, it might not be on. It says it's on. Sorry. Um, so, first thing I want to talk about today is um, image is everything, right? That's what the world tells us today. Image is everything. What you see, what you present, means who you are. If you go to Nike, the, the old slogan used to be, just do it, right? If you go to Coca-Cola, you know, they have, their, they have had so many different slogans, it's yeah. hard to keep up track. Yeah. If you can go to different um, things. Okay. You can go to different things and uh, different um, uh, brands, and the image that they portray is trying to get you to purchase what they are selling, right? The image of Nike with Michael Jordan in it makes so much more difference than if you just saw a shoe in a box at a shoe store. But if you see somebody famous wearing those shoes, that image gets stuck into your brain, right? That image will maybe sometimes convince you to do that certain thing. Back in the day when they sold cigarettes, they'd have famous actors and actresses see them smoking their brand and that would get people to want to buy because, hey, this person does it, why shouldn't you? How much does image affect our world today? Well, the truth of the matter is, is there's a lot of fake things that go on that people portray to make people believe a certain way. Now, it goes from news to TV to all these different avenues and aspects to social media. Um, there are so many different ways that you can basically ruin someone's life just by putting in an image, just by making up an image. You can cut, you can crop, you can do so many things to make people look bad or worse. You can try and convince other people that somebody else is not worthy of your time or your affection. Image affects everything. You look into a world and you see a people obsessed with their image. How long do you think it takes an actor or an actress to get ready to go on stage? How long does it take for you in the morning to get your image just the way you want to present it? Image matters. But today I want to talk about not our physical image, but a godly image. The image of God, right? In our scripture this morning, we see that Man was created in God's image. That means we were created to be as God was, to be pure, to be righteous, to be perfect. That's the way he created us, to be innocent. 
But then we all know what happens, right? But before we go any farther this morning, I want to talk to you about three things. We're going to talk about where we are made in God's image. We are reconciled from our sinful image. And we are conformed to Christ's image. So let's pause for prayer. Heavenly Father, right now, as we continue to look into your word, I ask that you would continue to open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us this morning. What you have placed upon my heart may be something that would be uh, beneficial to their spirit and to, to the growth of our faith this morning, and that we would continue to focus on you in all the things that we do. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity and this time. Amen. So if we're made in God's image, what does that look like? What does God look like? Is it our physical bodies? Because we all look different. I mean, even twins look different. So what is it that is godly about the image that he made us in? How do we look like God? What do we do to make ourselves or help ourselves be more God-like? To be like Jesus. That's a song that I used to sing all the time when I was growing up. To be like Jesus. This hope possesses me. This is my thought and creed. To be like Jesus. But how do we be like God? How do we find that godly image and make ourselves more like that to reflect that image? So first of all, we have to learn why we no longer look like God. Why we no longer have that godly image. And that is found in Genesis chapter 3. And if you'll read along with me, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said. For God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Interesting how... One little instant changed everything. The image that, that the serpent portrayed to them, that this would give you wisdom, that this would help you see what is good and what is wrong and what is bad. All those things enticed Eve. And that image that, that the serpent portrayed tempted her to the point where she ate the fruit. And once she ate the fruit, her eyes were open. And she gave it to Adam, who was standing out of there. So, guys, I don't want you guys, when I was growing up, we were always taught that, oh, yeah, the woman gave the fruit. Listen, Adam was standing right there. He knew what the tree was. He could have said no, but he took the fruit, all right? So it wasn't the women's fault. You can't blame the women for the fault. It was generally they both made that decision. So what is it that you have built or chosen to be your image? How have you built yourself and your image in the world today? When people look at you, what do they see? 
You see, back in the day, the people of Israel had just gotten out of Egypt and they stopped and paused for a break at the mountain so Moses could go and have a conversation with God. And while they were there, they made a fatted calf. If you look in Psalm 106, verses 19 to 21, it says, At Horeb they made a calf and worshipped an idol cast for metal. They exchanged their glorious God for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt. How often do we forget God? How often do we forget that God is right there with us? That our heart is the place in which he lives, that he calls home. The power of the Holy Spirit is upon those who believe and have faith in him. So how do we build our image? What kind of image do you build in the community where you live? Maybe you're building yourself as a... Uh, family man or family woman or maybe you're building yourself as I am a soldier at the Salvation Army and this is how I am this is the way I look but what image are you truly building you see there's a difference between your image and a facade a facade is something that you place up so people can't see the real you who are you what is your image who do you reflect from the inside out you see, we have that sinful nature, but then we become reconciled from it. Second Chronicles 5, 16-21 says this, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled the world to himself and Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. There's a lot of things, a lot of images, a lot of uh, pictures and, and temptations that will pull at us. If you drive down the road on the billboards, people flash all different kinds of things, every different kind of thing to try to grab your attention. If you go um, up to Myrtle Beach, about 75 miles out, you start seeing the signs and then they just become more and more and more plethora. By the time you get to the beach, all you see is billboard signs. I need to take a step back so I don't see that mic anymore. Uh, so when we think about being reconciled to something, what does that mean to reconcile? What does that mean to, to, to make it whole again? To take something that was used and broken and bring it back in. To take somebody who's been used, abused, and broken and bring them back in to God. Bring them back into the family of God. That's what Paul was talking about. That God was reconciling the world to him in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. How are you reconciling yourself and your image to the world and to God? When you walk out of this church, when you walk down the road, when you go to your office every day of the week, what do you look like? What does your image represent? Does it represent the reconciliation that comes from God? Or does it represent... Or does it show the worldly things that you are focused on? Some of us have built for us our own calf, our own golden calf. 
We've, we built for us our own image that we worship of who we want to be, our dreams, our hopes. And it's not, a, it's not a bad thing to have dreams and hopes, but when that becomes your image, when that becomes the sole focus of your life, there's a problem. When you get so focused on the things of this world that you forget who it is that you serve, that who it is that you have become one with, who it is that has reconciled you, that has saved you from your sin, there's a problem. That image gets marred. That godly image is no longer there. You begin to see the ugliness, the sin, the hatred. You want to know why Jesus was so frustrated with the Pharisees and the Sadducees? It's because they were supposed to be the leaders. They were supposed to be the ones to help, to encourage, and to uplift. But all they were doing was making the burden harder and more challenging and more difficult for the people that they were serving. Colossians 1, 15 through 22 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. He is the beginning and the firstborn amongst the dead. So when we think about who he is and what he's saying here, we see that he has been called. He has been made the image of God. He has been made into the thing that we are going to conform to. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether the things on earth or the things in heaven. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. To present you holy in his sight. Without blemish and free from accusation. Romans 5, 8 through 11 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith and to the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And a hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we now have received reconciliation. So not only are we being made whole, not only has our image been made perfect from the beginning of time, but when we became covered and engulfed in sin, God gave us a way out. God gave us a way to be reconciled to him. How many times in your life have you made a mistake and had to ask for forgiveness? Can you count? How many times have you messed up 
and hurt somebody? How many times has your image, the godly image that God made you to be, how many times have you smeared it or marred it by saying something wrong, by doing something wrong, by hurting someone that you love? We are all trying to find ourselves in this world, but at the same time, we need to know that God has already called us and he knows us by name. He knows when our hair is going to fall out and turn gray. He knew us in our mother's womb. He knit us together. He knows us intimately inside and out. And the only thing he asks is for us to come to him, to be reconciled to him. How often have you allowed this world to take who you are and spin it? Take who you are and rip it apart. Take who you are and fill it with junk and nastiness and hurt and pain and sorrow. God has called us to be his chosen people. God has called us to be part of his family, to be reconciled to him. I remember when I was young, I went to Hardee's. It's a restaurant. I don't know if you guys have it here, but um, it's a restaurant, um, kind of like a fast food burger place. And so we were going in and my brother, uh, my cousins and I, we were all running around. And of course it was summertime. So naturally, you know, in Arkansas, we don't wear shoes. So none of us were wearing shoes. None of us were wearing shirts. We were running around, jumping around in the creeks and all that kind of stuff, just having a good old time. And then we got thirsty and we thought, we we're right next to Hardy's. We're like, okay, well, we'll just go in and get, get a cup of water. No big deal. So we all walk inside Hardy's and the manager flipped. And he was so angry. He's like, you cannot come here like this. You've got to go right now. And just yelling at us. And so we all, of course, we left and we went home and we, you know, did all those other things. But in that moment... The image the manager saw in us was not something that he was prepared to accept. The image that he saw was not something that he wanted in that restaurant, in that place. Funny thing is, the next day was Sunday, and I went back there, and I was in my uniform, and the guy didn't say a word to me. Welcome to San and everything like that. So image does matter. What you look like, what, you, what people see you as matters, not in the Christ not in Christ's view, but in the worldly view, people will look at you and they will judge you by how you look. So how then do we live in a world where image is so important and yet still keep that godly image that he created us to be? How can we accept that reconciliation in Christ if we're constantly being beaten down and torn apart by this world and what it wants us to be? Because we can be conformed to Christ's image. Romans 8, 29 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. This is not something where you get a ticket and, and, you, and you find the golden ticket, you know? This is not Willy Wonka's, right? You don't, you don't or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you don't get the golden ticket and then that's how you get in. God is calling us all to be reconciled to him. Anybody, everybody. And he's calling each and every single one of us to be part of that family. To become conformed to him. What does conform mean? It means to be made to look like, to behave or act according to certain social conditions. Or to be similar for or type together. To conform to something else. To be make yourself like something else by guiding principles or rules or regulations. 
when you're in the military, you conform to a certain aspect. You conform to certain rules and do things a certain way. Same thing with the police and the fire department and medical doctors. There's certain rules and regulations that you have to follow, that you have to go into in order to conform to the policies and the procedures that you have to do to keep people safe, to help people get better. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What image do you wear when you walk out your house in the mornings? What do people see when they look at you? Are they seeing the reflection of Christ? Are they seeing the image of Christ? Have you been conformed to his image? Or have you allowed this world to distract you, to take you away, and to paint you into a certain box? To say that you are this or you are that. The world is great at making us and boxing us up and labeling us. The world is great at telling us you're not good enough for this or you should be doing this. But Christ calls us to be like Jesus, to be conformed in our hearts and our minds and our souls and our bodies, every part of us to be conformed to him. How do we conform to Christ? How do we make ourselves more like him? What is it that we focus on in our hearts and our minds to make us be more like Jesus? This morning in our teen class, we were talking about the armor of God and putting it on, you know, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the foot, the feet of readiness, right? Then you have the helmet of salvation. You think about all the different armors that we put on, the shield of faith, the sword of the word. How do we take and make ourselves more like him? We, have, we armor up, and it's not to go out and Bible fuck people, to attack people and say, you're doing it wrong. This is how you should do it. No, it's to say, this is how we are going to live. This is how we're going to change our lives and make us more like Christ so that we can reflect him and we can show others the right path. The right way. Not by beating them, not by pushing it, not by telling them everything they're doing is wrong. But by showing them in our own hearts, in our own lives, how we live. That's why Jesus kept calling the Pharisees and Sadducees hypocrites. Because they would do whatever they want, but then demand everybody else to live accordingly to the rules that they have. How many times in your life have you seen people be hypocritic? How many times in your life have you been a hypocrite to someone else? No, you shouldn't do that. Jesus doesn't want you to do that. And then two days later, you go out and do it yourself. Jesus doesn't want you to go do that. Jesus wouldn't have, you wouldn't do that in church. Why would you do that? So many times in my life, I've seen and heard and been around things that I never, ever thought I would see. I never, ever thought I would be faced with. And the more and more I grow in my faith, the more and more I learn, I begin to realize that Christ's image is crucial. It's important for our hearts and our minds so that we can be protected from the ways of this world. Putting on the full armor of God is just the first step. How do you grow? How do you get closer to Jesus? How about the fruit of the spirits? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How about that? How about reading your Bible, praying every day, and then what? Remember the song? And you'll grow, 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 right? 
Glory, hallelujah. Read your Bible, pray every day, put on the full armor of God, fill yourself with the fruit of the Spirit. These things are what helps us become conformed to Christ's image. When you have these things in your heart, when you have Jesus in your heart and it's constantly being um, renewed daily, you are conforming yourself to him. You are making yourself more like him. There are so many images out there that will distract you today. In fact, as soon as you walk out of this building, you'll see images that are going to tell you that you should smoke this, you should do this, you should drink this. All these different things that are going to assault your senses, your mind, your body, your heart, and your soul. But you know that... It's not about what you eat. It's about what you put in and allow into your heart. And it says the eyes are the windows to the soul. So what you look at, what you see, the images that you allow to come into your heart, into your life, will affect who you are in Christ Jesus. It's never an easy thing to think about who you are right at this moment. It's never easy to be self-aware and self-conscious of who you are. A lot of times we live in a fantasy world of who we think we are. And we, and we put out this facade that says, okay, this is who I am. Look at me. I put on this uniform and I become holy. That's not the way it works. You are holy and the uniform is a representation of the holiness that you have ascribed to, that you have conformed to in Christ Jesus. So how do we then take the worldly images, take the sinful image... Be reconciled and conformed to Christ's image. It's simple. Simple. Put him first. Simple answer. Put him first. I loved the bracelets for the longest time that said, what would Jesus do? It was an easy reminder that says, okay, should I do this? When I was a kid and I was going around with my brothers, um, they like to do things that I would never do. And so... I have that bracelet on and I would think, I should not be doing this. I should not be doing this. A lot of times in life, I kind of wish that I um, had that little small voice in the back of my head be a little bit louder saying, wake up. <laughs> this is not the right thing. How many times have you heard that still small voice that says, this is the way. Walk in it. And you said, no, nah, I'm going to take this way. I'm just going to ride the fence, God. And at the very end, I'll just tip over to your side. There is no fence. <laughs> that image is a lie. Satan wants you to think that you can live vicariously, that you can kind of just skate by. It's the greatest thing. Apathy. Hey, don't worry about it. It's all good. Jesus calls us, yes, to change, to go the other way. Jesus calls us to move in a different direction, to be reconciled from the sinful world. But we can't be reconciled and then go back, or reconcile and go back, or reconcile and go back. Eventually, we're going to stop going back. Eventually, we're not going to be reconciled because we choose to live in the way of the world. So what image do you choose today? Who will you be? What image will you present when you walk out this door to the rest of the world? Because whatever is in here, that's what's going to come out. Those Besides, they're going to crack. Those things that you put up to make yourself feel and look different, it's going to go away. People will see the real you, and what will it reflect? Will it be the image of God? Will it be conformed to Christ's image? Or will you allow the things of this world to change you and mold you into a worldly person that God has not called you to be? A worldly person that will destroy and break and hurt others. 
Because there's not a halfway or a medium. It's either you follow Christ and are reconciled to him or conform to his image, or you're not. My question to you this morning is, are you being reconciled? Are you being conformed to him? Or have you allowed that sinful nature, that sinful image to stay and to fester and to grow? So this morning, when they play this music, I want you to take a moment and look at your heart and look at your life. Look at the image that God has created in you. Is it one that has been conformed to him or is it one that you've built like the golden calf to make yourself look good, to make yourself feel good? The truth of the matter is he is a good, good father and he is the one that's going to give you eternal life eternal joy and happiness. There will be no more weeping or gnashing of teeth. All you have to do is allow him to take over. Give him your heart and your life. Be reconciled to him and conform yourself to the image of Christ. When you do that, everything's going to change. I'm not going to promise you that it's going to be easier. I'm not going to promise you that you're going to have everything that you need. But I promise you that God will provide for you and he will give you your heart's desire when you put your faith and your trust in him because then your heart's desire will line up with what he's already wanted you to have all along. So let the beauty of Jesus be seen in you this morning. Let that image of Christ be seen in you. And as the music plays, I invite you to come and spend some time with him. Maybe you need to get that image fixed. Maybe you need to allow God to come in and, and reconcile you from all that sin. Maybe you just need to conform yourself to Christ's image. Maybe you're struggling with knowing who you are in Jesus. Come this morning. He will tell you. He will enlighten you. and He will provide for you the way. So come this morning as the music plays.